All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 397 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill. Today, we've got the regular gang back together. St. Louis KISS, Lonnie, welcome back. What's up? Thanks. 69th Blizzard, Ken. Hello. And from the great white north, Marcus Almighty. Greetings, everyone. How did Canada do in the hockey in the, at the Olympics? Uh, I believe they got gold. Yeah. Okay. You believe the girls got gold. I'm I'm pretty sure. I, I don't remember what the men got. But Wasn't it Finland? Beyond, won, uh, I think Finland won the men's. Yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, I think, yeah. yeah, I didn't but, watch uh, a whole lot. That, that just goes to show you what happens when Canada and the United States and these teams don't use NHLers. It's like a complete nosedive. And that's how it should be. That's why I hate the Olympics. I don't like professional yeah. athletes. I don't like the basketball in the Summer Olympics just being a show-off show <laughs> for LeBron and his ilk any more mm. than you know professional tennis players playing. I like it to be amateur athletics. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not so retro that I think they should all be nude. So maybe the beach volleyball. <laughs> but, uh, what? You know. all right enough of that shit you know we we come here to escape reality so uh, we're going into random topics from the board today one of the the latest announcements and it hit my polestar feed um was that kiss is coming back to my neck of the woods or ken our neck of the woods they have been announced for what is it night two of the aftershock festival at discovery park in sacramento um yeah Lamb of God, Judas Priest, and I don't really give a shit about any of the other acts. The uh, million the small, I can't read the prints, so I can't go through it. Chevelle. Oh, Nita Strauss is in there, so that one's uh, she's great. Gwar's in there. Helmet. Valentine. Flesh. Uh, Orgasm. Mike's dead. Against the current. Orbit culture. Archetypes collide. Nita Strauss. Wow, I've heard of all these bands. Uh, Apocalypse. I'm not. I can't even arse to Google Helmet. Them. Yeah, Helmet um, motionless and white. I don't know any half of these bands. I know some of them, but maybe. yeah. So, so Ken and I have seen Judas Priest. Um, right. I've seen Lamb of God. I have Pretty zero good. interest in Rob Zombie, Slipknot, Stone Temple. Well, how can it be Stone Temple Pilots without Scott? Um, can't. It can't. Papa Can Roach. Engage. Papa Roach. Foo Fighters. Oh, I would love to see the Foo Fighters, but I'm so sick of seeing the Foo Fighters because they're so overexposed at this point. Uh, that one toss I do not give. So I'm skipping this. I, I, as I yeah. said in one of the posts, I don't see Zodiac Mind Warp on there, so I'm not going. Um, <laughs> but also the idea of going to a festival I find very unappealing. Ken, you going to go? <coughs> no. I mean, I, for like a split second, I thought, I thought oh, it's, you know, a little bit over an hour away. <laughs> And I thought, but uh, not. I don't want to be there with all that mess. It's going to be a big mess over there, um, with all these groups and bands and people. And people. Uh, if, I, if I was if I was about thirty years younger, I'd probably go. You know, do it. But uh, at this point, I, I probably have seen my last Kiss show. Yeah. It's feeling like that a little bit at the moment, but you know that was one of your your topics today. You know, was what's next for Kiss? 
you know, because it's so quiet at the moment. What do mm. you think? What do you think is next? And think of some of the things that are actually lined up because it's it's not quiet to the point yeah. of, well, mausoleum. Yeah. Well, the only thing that's going to be, I can see as what you know is is these kind of things, uh, festivals and uh, you know the European kind of festivals and uh, and maybe some other one-offs or, or, you know, Vegas, obviously they've been trying to get that going. Um, but that's about it. I mean, I think they're, yeah, the regular touring after this year is just, that's it. But I think they will pop up here and there. Uh, if they're paid the, you know, enough money, they'll, they'll show up and do these one-offs here and there. Uh, I found the other day on Facebook, uh, they re-put up, I don't know, I don't remember if it was Kiss that did this, but uh, they put up the dates for South America up again. So it looks like that's going to happen now. They're showing like Colombia and Brazil and all these places that are supposed to be happening in April, I believe it's said, right, <laughs> that they're mm-hmm. doing it. So uh, that that's, looks like it's going to be a go. But what I'm interested in, though, is what's, how is the dynamic in a switch now for any kind of European touring now that the latest news has happened? Is there going to be, you know, nerves a bit to want to haul over gear to Europe with this shit starting to happen now? Or Time will tell. Time will tell, but I also wouldn't think so because they don't have any dates that far east. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Western Europe. Germany. It's most yeah, exactly, Lonnie. It's Western Europe this time around. Uh, they do have Croatia, but that and Czech Republic and Hungary. But even those aren't that. Um, well, well, I guess anyone in their right mind is going to wait and see what happens. But really, if things get handled, um, hopefully it's not an issue because I'm sure mm-hmm. Kiss doesn't want to postpone another tour. I don't. Wouldn't be surprised if there's, you know, tit for that uh, sort of economic bullshit going on. But whether or how far that goes to impacting stuff, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I, I think it's a great thing that South America looks like it is a go. Australia getting shit canned really was a bummer. But, you know, multiple sources are also suggesting that some of that came down to some ticket sales issues. So not only some of the limitations that are still affecting them. So, you know, think happy thoughts. Lonnie, what mm-hmm. about you for, you know, anything on your radar in terms of what's coming next or what you would like for KISS to start thinking about doing? You know, it's interesting because at this point in time, we were supposed to be after, we were supposed to be after the final show. The, fam- the final show was supposed to take place in July of 2021. We're supposed to be you know, six, seven months into a, a post-touring KISS world. But obviously we're not with the events that have transpired in the last two years. So what am I looking forward to? I don't know. I guess, you know, I, I, I like the idea of the Off the Soundboard series. I'm still not real thrilled with, with, with the with the one that's coming out next month. I still haven't even ordered it. That's how unthrilled I am with, with, <clears throat> with it. So, um. Things like that interest me more than anything else. And I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up that I, I thought about Memorial Day weekend with this Creatures Fest, especially with the announcement of, of Peter Chris being on board with that. I've only met Peter the one time. And I thought, oh, well, that might be cool to go down there and get a meet and greet with Peter. 
um, and, and get Peter to sign, sign something. And then I looked at it. Well, it's $300 for you and a guest. You get your picture taken with Peter, and you get one item signed. And I have a mm. hard time... For three hundred dollars, I could do. I could get a lot of entertainment for three hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, I could get a lot so, of entertainment out of five fingers. Correct. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But I, I and I and I and I, thought, I, I I saw it and I was excited and then I thought about it. I was like, you know what? That doesn't. I, I I'm not going to do that. Is you no know, Nashville's a five and a half hour drive for me. It's very doable. Um, but I'm not for three hundred dollars to do that. It, it it doesn't do it for me. And maybe I'm in a different place in my life. Ken said Ken said the same type of thing earlier. Maybe we're all just getting old too. I don't know. But for three hundred dollars, like oh, yeah, it'd be cool to have. But for one item signed for three hundred, no, I'm not gonna do that. So what I guess what I might looking forward to is maybe a better opportunity like that, but might be a little more reasonable i might get a little more bang for my buck you know may, maybe kiss indie expos resume at some point in time if, if we get to that if we get to that point where you can meet up with people other members of the kiss army and either you know buy merch or just share war war stories of of your of your days supporting the band things like that but i'm i'm kind of with ken too where i think i've seen my last kiss show even though it came in the fall of 19, it was here in St. Louis. And I think I, I even said at the time that I think I'm done. I don't, I don't need to see him again. I saw him with my brother, the guy who I saw my first kiss show with the guy who introduced me to the band. It was a nice complete circle that I don't think I need to see them again. I feel like I'd be chasing the dragon at that point. I, I don't, I don't need to keep continuing to get that high. I, I, I think I've achieved it. So um, it's a long winded answer to what am I looking forward to? Um, you know, maybe some kiss expos, maybe some off the, off the soundboard type stuff. Um, you know, maybe a, some, some better stuff than what's currently uh, on offer. Stuff that's currently what's going on, I guess. What you say. I'm hopeful for things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you raise a really good point about Creatures Fest, and I get at least one PM every week from someone else asking, you, "You coming to Nashville? You coming to Creatures Fest?" And it's like, no, <laughs> I have no interest whatsoever um, in any of that. Most of those additional bands don't do anything for me. I've met Vinny in makeup, out of makeup, um, gotten a couple of things signed, um, and, I, and I'm good. Uh, Peter, God bless him. I'm thrilled he'll be getting out and about, at least I hope so. Um, because even at 300 bucks, what he does for his meet and greets is he really does do a great job being fully invested in delivering that experience to the fan and they're very, very aware of the value of the dollar. And, but come on, there's no way there could be different pricing between Ace and Peter at the event. But it's just, it's a really scary thing to consider that this may be the way that events are going in terms of pricing. And I know we've got inflation. I know we've got economics. I know it's very, very expensive to put on these events. Come on, I get it. You know, especially under the limitations that a lot of these people have to work. But it's scary to think that it may be a death knell for events and the affordability. If you're one of the people who really want to meet Peter, you know, there's a lot of people who haven't had those opportunities. And I hope everyone who hasn't met an original member of KISS gets the opportunity to meet Peter or Ace 
you know, outside of the party line of everything about Gene and Paul. These are the other two guys that are a critical part of that. And Peter doesn't do a tremendous amount of events. So 300 is going to price a lot of people out, especially mm-hmm. at this time with uncertainty and doubt in life. And and that's worrying. John Crabby's 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Sounds know. like a deal. You got probably got to bring your own camera, um, you know. But but one item as well. It's it's concerning, but it's also a bright spot that this event's getting bigger and bigger and bigger sure. by the minute. I can't keep up with all these freaking updates. I don't even watch them. Sorry, Neil. Uh, it's like when you've got everything down, I'll read it. But I can't take in this. We're doing this forty-five minutes to to do this. It's just too much for me to follow. So. Lonnie nailed it. Ken, mm. is your topic, I think. Or did yeah, I start yeah. with you? Yeah, you started with me. I can't me. remember. Keep keep I, me in line, you know, guys. Help out. I agree. I, no, I, <laughs> I agree with the other guys here. I mean, Lonnie, he was agreeing with me. I was agreeing with him. And, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I do I, I do want them to, you know, I'm not so worried about them playing shows and touring. But, you know, if they just keep those box sets coming out, you know, keep us, you yeah. know keep the fans happy kind of thing those those types of things put those uh, out for us yeah, yeah. mark but you know with with you i mean what do you want to kind of see coming out or what what would interest you at this point well i i still like the idea of the box set thing even though the destroyer one it, isn't that ironic the the first one they put out is the one that is your had, favorite I, well, not not that. I, I was fully invested in getting it. But the whole bullshit that happened between Kiss Online and me just completely left a sour taste mm. in my mouth. I got a full refund back, and I told him to take the box and shove it somewhere. And that I'm, now I'm looking forward to other boxes, but that did leave a, a bad taste in my mouth. I will obviously go another sure. route as far as buying it, right? But I think I still think it's a good idea. I still think that the uh, you know soundboard stuff is a good idea, pending that they find better shows to mm-hmm. you know release. And and just a little side note, I think Julian's not from the soundboard postings have been brilliant. The three that he's put up already, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I I mean the the one is actually pretty good sounding considering it's an audience, which is that thousand seater one from like seventy five or four. <laughs> or so. It's like it's an old one, like an early show thousand people only and that one sounded pretty pretty decent all things considered but uh i'm hoping julian you know wink wink nudge nudge puts up a couple of more of those up there because i was really enjoying listening to those uh which, which 74 show do you want uh, you know what i'd like to hear just anything like from that has like a decent sound like even like some sort of a fm broadcast or something like is there a, a, mm. a, a cleveland show or something like that that that's half decent you know not that I have, and and, and those ones are, are just the, the the master tapes that I own that I can actually do something with, you know. Um, th- those are already out, so those are just you know shits and giggles to 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 get them out. Well, they're already out, and they've already in yeah. many cases people took them and sold them to the bootleggers. Probably didn't sell them to the bootleggers mm-hmm. anyway, but you know, no one got the 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 great transfers that I've got. Um, yeah. or the complete stuff, so that's any reason they're but, there. So the last thing I just wanted to say 
which in terms of what I'm looking forward to. And I mean, I've heard this talked about from a few people that I talked to within the musical circles uh, about the the future of touring. Now, it looks like in America, things are starting to get back a bit as far as bands getting up and around and touring. But I know that there's been talk of a few bands that are like still a little uncertain of it. And I've heard all all these kind of uh, ideas from, you know, why don't we just, you know, think about finding a one general location within the city that they live in. Let's say like a band's from Chicago, they find a pretty decent sized like hotel or some kind of ballroom and they just do a normal kind of residency there and have everybody come to them. You know, I mean, I mean, you have to be a pretty big band, I think, to do that long term. But I think that until I think until it becomes more like stable is the word I guess I'm looking for. I, I think that the you know bands are still trying to find innovative ways to do this touring thing without you know risking themselves and their crew still, right? Well, yeah. Just yeah. just to say, you know, I, a couple of, you know, last week or a few days ago, I saw when you know McCartney's going on, mm-hmm. going to do that tour, um, and he's going to play in Oakland. And though well, I saw him the tour before in San Jose, but uh, I thought, okay, well, the I guess the uh, pandemic is over because McCartney's touring. Because I I, I, was, <laughs> I was thinking he was going to wait until it's really really over, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I I was almost you know kind of surprised uh at his you know his age and and uh and he you know he doesn't need the money obviously no no but um, he wants he wants to live yeah he wants to live his life i guess and, and yeah. enjoy it you know if he enjoys it that's great so um maybe he feels the risk is is a lot lower now and hopefully it, it is and will be uh, you know the couple of months yeah yeah but we'll have to have to wait and see i mean you know that that was Lonnie's take on well, that was your your point about Peter on the on the um, what was it the Creatures Fest. Right. Um, Ken, you had a topic here about last performance mm-hmm. on a cruise. What's your point? Oh well, you saw the announcement. Uh, yeah. You know, for Kiss Cruise Eleven, right? It's Eleven. Last yeah. time to see Kiss on a Kiss. It says the last performance of kiss or you know for kiss on the on the cruise but they, they say it's, it's the last performance on a cruise mm-hmm. so that means there's still going to be more performances they kind of you know the way it's worded uh, it makes you oh, oh shoot that might be their last performance but no <laughs> it's not going to be their last performance um they'll have uh, you know i'm sure like i said earlier ongoing you know festivals and and they'll do their one last end of the road show whenever that may be um end of the year or the beginning of next year i guess but uh yeah it's i just thought that was interesting well last performance on a cruise does that mean will that be the last kiss cruise or will there be more kiss cruises but they won't perform or you know what's what is it going to be just kind of curious if it's going to just you know that's you're going to have to gonna lower the cut ticket prices if you're going to no, have a yeah. Kiss Cruise that Kiss performing. Come on. No, you're oh, not. Kiss Cruise 2.0. I know. People say 2.0. No, th- this, year's, this year's Creatures Fest is the last one on land. <laughs> that's, yeah. what it's, that's what it's going to end up being. It's going to be the Indie Expo at sea. Right. You know, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because, right. because with it, if there is enough name marquee value, I 
don't doubt that there's a lot of people who go their first consideration is number one it's a cruise and the music related um entertainment is a bonus you know i think we've we've kind of mm -hmm. discussed that before i mean lonnie as a former cruiser if let's say there was like a creatures fest at sea with a similar sort of lineup so say peter chris ace um, I don't think you'd get Vinny, but uh, tough luck. Um, I don't think you know, you'd get Vinny on a boat. You know, Black and Blue <laughs> and, and Rat and those sorts of bands. Would that have held any interest to you back when you were interested in cruising? I don't think so. Because, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's probably not the answer to the question you wanted, but the 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 lore of the cruise for me, I went on Kiss Cruise 2, the lore of the cruise for me was the songs, the deep cuts that they played on the first one. And I, I was at home and I, you know, I was getting updates online just like anybody else. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're playing I Love Her All I Can. I can't believe they're playing All The Way. I can't believe they're playing this. I can't believe they're playing that. This is amazing. This is like, like a kiss nerd like me is like dream that they're playing this. Um, I'm going on the next one. I, I want to be a part of this. So that that was the lore for me, is that they're playing these deep cuts. They're not playing the same old standard set list that we've seen time and time and time and time again. That, okay, this is for the hardcore fans. The reason why we don't play these deep cuts in concerts is because the masses don't know them. So now we're here with the hardcore fans. We're going to play these deep cuts. And I thought, man, I screwed up and didn't go on that. If they do another one, I'm doing it. And, you know, they announced it right away. I signed up and I went. Um, so the idea of going on a Kiss Cruise without Kiss playing, I don't know. I mean, well, I'm, am I going to fly to Miami or fly to LA, pay, pay for the cruise, get on a cruise ship and watch? Okay, and Ace Frehley said, that's cool. Um, the Bruce Kulik set, okay, that, to me right now, that's the biggest lore of, of the cruise right now would be the Bruce Kulik set, honestly, can, considering what Kiss has played on the last few Kiss cruises. Um, or, or to see, like, like a tribute band? Frelly's Comet Reunion? Right. Well, okay. <clears throat> I, I yeah, think, but it's not Kiss. Yeah, I think, I think Lonnie makes a good point. I mean, the, the whole appeal of the Kiss cruise is Kiss. Without them on there, there is no there is no ticket value to it, in my opinion. I mean, it's it's just you know why don't you then don't call it a kiss cruise, call it like like these other things, you know, the the fifty thousand tons of metal cruise like they have out there and all these other kind of named ones where you can go and see a variety of different bands, and it's on a cruise. I think the whole thing that people were jumping on when this started was that it was kiss and it was on a boat, you know, these guys were on the boat, so you could maybe you know somehow if you were really lucky you know, find them somewhere and talk with them or whatever. And the the whole thing is with them not being a part of it that way, really it's not a kiss cruise in my opinion. Maybe they'll still appear on there and maybe they'll just do like meet and greets and stuff. But, you know, I think the main thing was just what Lonnie said. They they did these fantastic performances where they played songs that they never played on stage during their tours. So that brought out these people who were longtime diehard fans you're going to lose those people for sure if, if they're not going to be playing on there. You know, because many of these people, I would assume, have met Gene and Paul and these guys a couple of times already. So even that might be not as much of a lure. It's always been down to the performance of Kiss, I think, is the main thing that people go to these cruises for. They want to see them perform. 
whether it's the Sail Away show or whether it's the you know the the big show they do in makeup with the recreations of the sets like they did the creatures one with the tank did the recreation of the alive one which I thought was pretty cool they did the one with the dress to kill and the tuxedos there that was a pretty neat idea you know so and then I think they stopped making any effort pretty quickly yeah exactly but that's what I'm saying yeah. they but that was the, at the end of the day the the lure of this was having them on there in play if you get that out of there. I just can't imagine what they're going to do to make people go, okay, shit, now I'm going for sure now. Because they did, they're going to do this, now I'm going to go for sure. What what could that be? That's a great uh, point, Mark. What, what, how would you get a new person to sign up? You might still get the old person. I've been on all these cruises, and I love seeing these people that I've seen, like other members of the KISS Army time and time again. What's going to attract the first-time cruisers to go on a cruise at that point? Yeah. I don't you know what they could do. They might lure me if they have a Viddy walk the plank. <laughs> wow, that's, un- that's unnecessary. <laughs> well, I think they could get away with trying um, a creatures fest, you know, at sea, a creatures cruise. You know, it'd be less you, expensive. No, if you have, you know, some original member like Ace or maybe Gene. Because creatures are so inexpensive. Imagine Gene <laughs> going on this on on a creatures cruise. So you keep it with the Halloween theme and the Kiss theme without calling it kiss gene and ace share the same backing band and do some live shows and then you put on a few um tribute bands so you get someone like mr speed who's doing the current dynasty type thing and say all right you're only doing a dynasty set you get another tribute band who's going to do only the love gun 77 set or 74 or whatever and then you have the rats the you know the the token connected bands you know even you know frelly's comet reunion or black and blue whatever i think you could still pull it off i think you would still have to have one uh member of the band on there to get people to go on and it would probably be the one with the most desire to sell you know chalkies to people bases that's why I think that's why yeah, I think you'd have to have like a Gene Simmons solo band. That, cool. that, that would get people. I'm pretty sure that would get people <laughs> would, on yeah. because there are a lot of people who missed out on that opportunity. I think a Frelly's Comet reunion could also entice people because I know there's a lot of people who've missed out on those very few mm-hmm. opportunities that have arisen. But I still think you'd have to have, you know, some marquee value going and it, it, it would be a massive roll of the dice. I mean, I think everyone involved would have to be pretty desperate. I don't think Gene's that desperate. He did sell his house today in Vegas. For yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just laughing because we're talking about this so seriously. And in between them t- talking about these ideas, you know, we're always throwing in like, and then you put the rats in, like, poor rats. They're now being, they've been like relegated to like the band that like does like the holiday and tours or something now, you know. You're making it sound like they're such a complete, like, you know, Joke. oh, we'll just add in rat. Yeah, you know, like, Don't do we, it. Can, we can get them off the Howard Johnson tours that they're doing right now to come and play yeah, a set on the on the you know I mean I feel bad for those guys because they were a pretty big band in the 80s and now it's like now, and now they will oh. play for food yeah exactly <laughs> play for cheese yeah a couple of hits and that was it oh they're they're a great band back in the day but you know they had a lot of hits actually they're they're top. Top. yeah they're in- all right so uh, that that takes care of that I think um <laughs> Here's a good here's a good topic actually, and Parasite Studios reunion tour. 
what if you're in charge? Mm-hmm. And he, thank you for being honest. Oh, Starts it. off stupid topic, but bear with me. Had I been in charge in 1996, here's my list of the ways I would do the reunion differently. All right, Lonnie, how do you do it differently? You're the boss now. <laughs> we hear and we obey. Wait, you hear and you mm-hmm. obey. Yeah. If if I were in charge of the reunion tour, I mean, I love the way it started. That it started at Tiger Stadium mm-hmm. in Detroit. I, I I think that was the right move, even more so than starting it in New York. Put it in Detroit Rock City to start with. I think that was right. But I would have, and and this is gonna be the obvious decision, is I really would have recreated that '77 stage that I thought that I thought we were gonna get. Um, and I saw my third show of the reunion tour, and like this, this, I mean, the internet is in its infancy. I hadn't seen pictures of them from the first two shows. I mean, it was less; the tour was less than a week old. When the curtain came down, I'm like, oh, where, where, where are the steps? You know, I, I, I'm surprised the steps weren't there. So that's that's the first thing I, the very first thing I would do is I would really would have replicated that '77 stage, and it would have looked it would have looked just like they looked on the Detroit Rock City move. Because they, because then two years later they they filmed Detroit Rock City. Oh, guess what? We're going to recreate the '77 stage. Oh, mm-hmm. well, well, why didn't we do this? And we're, and we're going to wear the Love Gun outfits that we wore two years ago on the reunion tour. Well, why didn't we do that two years ago? That made zero sense to me. Um, I definitely would have done that for starters. Um, I would have. I would I wouldn't have put out you one of the best you got the best to kick off the tour. Mm-hmm. I would have put out something similar to what they're doing now with this off the soundboard series, but with a '70s show. Whether whether in Anaheim might be a terrible example because I know there's red tape and I know there's money involved, but I would have done something to that effect of a live show from the '70s, not a live, not a live too. A live show from the 70s. Put that out a week before the tour starts. And leave off the Jay Leno interview at the end. You don't need that on there. But a live show from the 70s. And just really try to recreate that magic even more so than what they did. Like they they did good. I, I love the reunion tour. Like if Andrew was here, like Andrew like really loves the reunion tour. Um, you know, I, I love the Gene flying up. I think I think that should have stayed. The A shooting rockets out of the car guitar even though it was from 79 it was it fit very well it's a mystique that we were looking for but and i love this and it's as worn out as that set list is now because they've really just taken that reunion tour set list and like moved songs around for the last 25 years more than anything else at the time the reunion tour set list made a lot of sense and i thought the set list was was almost perfect at the time i don't think i would really change the set list i would really change i guess my two gripes is is the stage should have looked like 77 or so, and it should have been just a live concert. Those are the two things I would change. So what what about you guys? Well, one thing that I would have liked to have seen, or what I would have did if I was involved with this for sure, is I would have took more advantage of the two things that KISS are really good at, and I think they had the power at this time to do it, was when they hit certain markets, like, okay, like Tiger Stadium when they went and played there, okay, or when they played in, like, St. Louis or Chicago or New York City, have a live simulcast 
on television of the first three songs on TV. I would have did that for sure. The TV and Kiss go hand in hand. Okay, that that always from the beginning. That's that's it's always been drilled in my head is that Kiss were the first band to embrace television and to kind of really push it and do that kind of stuff. I think that would have been a great thing to do. Not because they, I don't think they needed you know help in ticket sales. I don't think that they needed help at all. But I, if anything, I think I would have put their ticket sales way over the top. If you know you come home on a Thursday night or whatever and they're playing in Toronto, let's say. And you catch the first three songs that are set on TV. Well, I think I might be, you know, jumping the next day to try to find the nearest city that they're going to play and try to go and see them because it's got me excited. I see them on TV, you know, bing, bang, boom, all the stuff on TV is making me excited, you know. So I really think that they should have embraced television and integrated it more into their tour and and used it as a sort of marketing tool for their tour. Like I said, I don't. I'm not saying that it did badly at all. Obviously, it did, it was it did great the tour, right? But I really think that TV and Kiss are great. I remember when they announced the dates in Toronto. There were commercials all the time here. Kiss Toronto, Sky Dome, Kiss, and I, I just even seeing that, I was like, holy shit! You know, like it was exciting to see it on TV. You know, so could you imagine having them broadcast? You know, three songs, you know, live from the show that they're playing at that major city. People would love it, man. And even people that are not big Kiss fans might go, "Oh wow, this looks really exciting. Maybe I'll go take a chance, and when they come by, I'll, I'll, you know, go and see it." And the other thing I would have done is in between some of the legs or something while they're playing, I would have brought along somebody like, let's say, Kramer or even Ezrin or somebody along, and record their sets <clears throat> and put out a live record in between some of the legs of the show. I think that a proper live recording of that show might be something that would really appeal to people. And what better time to do it is then when people are all excited about going to Kiss shows, going to see it. You know, they're back in town. They're touring again. Oh, my God. When In between leg number two, they're putting out a, a, a live album. You know, I, I would have jumped on that immediately and bought it. You know, so those are two things I think that I would have definitely, definitely did if I was in charge of that. You nail it with the the live yeah, recording, did. and not uh, you wanted the best. You know, both of those points for me are just two of the biggies. You know, e- even though it wouldn't have been wise to get these guys to try and record any new music before the tour, I think something a little bit more authentic than what they did with you wanted the best would have been the way to go. Even holding off until the end of that first leg but i think mm-hmm. kiss in their head just can't get past well we're going to need a month in the studio to fix it up <laughs> um whereas it would have just been better to leave you know to get the shows in the can and then leave it in the hands uh, and i i say kramer for it uh, because an engineer to take the best performances and put together an alive worldwide Mm-hmm. album to go along with the tour and that might have gone some way to taking pressure off for what came later i mean there's not a lot i would reinvent with the reunion tour i think one thing that the band really did miss out on that uh, other bands had already taken up were leveraging the web Kiss Online didn't come along for a long mm. time, and there was a reliance on Otaku, uh, Roth's Rendezvous, um, Freaks, 
and of course the asylum. Mike is asylum. Yeah. Um, you know, to to get that fan information out and Kiss Nation at AOL, you know, really didn't do much. There were bands that had already released digital music in 1995 of a similar stature to Kiss. So it would have been a good idea, in my view, for them to leverage the internet. You know, even though it was taking an hour and a half to download, uh, you know, a three-minute song, fans were still doing it. I still have my digital download of that band's song that they uh, put up on the web back then. And Kiss could so easily... Um, or maybe not, because again, it's KISS and everything related to KISS that one thinks might be simple seems to be incredibly complex, which is ironic for Keep It Simple Stupid, um, just should have had more of a presence with which to engage the fans from day one of that reunion. There have been bands that have done tour diaries, even back then, on the web. Imagine you log on to the KISS website... You know, they might have even been early enough to get the kiss.com. Probably not, uh, because that would have gone pretty quickly. But, you know, something a little bit more uh, intelligent named. You know, and reading Peter's diary for the day. Goddamn Windows. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what people were, were, were saying he complained about on the tour. You know, or Ace's, uh, Ace's diary. Uh, for the day it, you know there's just that's to me is the biggest thing that they did wrong with the reunion tour other than not having a live document of it properly um, other than that I, I the stage I get it you know there's so many like elements with that that I would change but again what they were trying to do um, is, is that dreamscape of 1977 in people's minds so Mark I completely nailed it with the music and Lana you nailed it with it not being you wanted the best Ken yeah I mean I have to agree with especially I mean one of the first things that came to my mind is like Lonnie said is the the stage you know the the live to you know gatefold opening stage um, and obviously when they took that picture they had to blow off everything to, to create <laughs> all that fire and everything but and uh, by that time they probably could have you know put more firepower into into those kind of effects to actually do that um so yeah i would have, have loved to have seen the, the stairs um even if they weren't necessarily functional from the point of you know going up and down maybe they could have you know worked around that and just still had them for the escalators the look escalators yeah there you go escalators and yeah. you know make it a little bit more safer for the go up and down but uh yeah that's one thing um uh i would have also those those outfits from from love gun i know they said they were trying to re recreate 77 but i would have went back to destroyer and you know they they ended up using that you know later but uh, i would have used the destroyer outfits i think they would have worked a little bit better on uh, with them and how their you know some of their bodies have changed and so on from the from the 70s um just saying i just think it would have looked better um at least it looked then, better than 89 yeah yeah well yeah. how was that um and then uh as far as the you wanted the best you got the best yeah i i would have 
I would have had a, a, a bigger amount of or more music on there. It, it doesn't have to be all from the same concert, but, you know, rarities. But don't doctor them at all. Don't touch them. Just leave it, you know, warts and all on that. Um, and then, plus, you know, put one new song on there. Just one new song. Grab an old song from one of their demos. We, we, we're we starting God. to see them now, right? They could have uh, taken Don't You Hesitate so easily. They could have, yeah, they could have done one of their, you know, demo form songs that didn't make the album and, and record it, put it out, add that to the, as a bonus. Man, I think that thing would have sold, you know, a lot better. I don't know how much it sold, but I think it would have sold a lot better. Um, um, and, and as for Mark's about, you know, putting out some music, yeah, I could see them putting out music, but it's mostly going to be the fans putting out, uh, you know, buying that up during the tour if it's, if there's some live stuff. I mean, so, some general audience people get to hear that. They might think, oh, yeah, I don't know, it doesn't sound that great. I mean, there's a risk there. Um, there's a reward, but there's a risk that, you know, if it's if they don't do a good job of producing and putting that on a, on, 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 you know, a, a that's good why you quality get live concert. Yeah, yeah, um, true. But uh, it's a risk that, oh, shoot, well, yeah, it's okay. Maybe I won't go see them, you know, buy a ticket. Though, you know, the, obviously the tickets sold out so quick anyway. I mean... They didn't really need any extra promotion. Those things were just going like, you know, hotcakes. So. Well, what do you think about the TV idea, Ken? Uh, yeah, with the yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I don't know how easy that would be able to do uh, from town to town, you know, right? Concert to concert. If everyone, everyone's stations. gonna everyone's gonna buy in in these different cities. Uh, whether it's a, a news, you know, maybe they'll give them extra access backstage, in order if you, you know, show these, for, you know, few songs on, mm-hmm. on uh, the first three songs on on TV or something. But you know, yeah, it would be cool. Uh, it's just making it work. I mean, and maybe you do it once a month or once a week or twice, you know. Yeah. Every other like week. not a daily occurrence. I just thought like yeah, it, some a, of the a daily thing would be so it. difficult. I think would to do, but I'm sure some people would buy in and, and do it. Yeah, I, I think if you think, uh, and I wish Andrew was here for this part because I can't remember yeah. what their first TV appearance was for uh, performing live. Was it the MTV <laughs> thing? Oh. September. Yes. Um, yeah. The weenie roast. The, no, the weenie roast. No, that wasn't TV. broadcast. You know, well, they were on the Simpsons. Not necessarily TV, that's right. Uh, they were on the Simpsons in April of '96 promoting, and that was like the, that was one of the first times you had really seen them on TV. You know, maybe other than like Entertainment Tonight, like the, the night or of a the press show, time. maybe too. Yeah, no, seventy show was later. That's an idea. They were on the Simpsons. They were on the Simpsons promoting Tiger Stadium in '96, like April of '96. And I'm, mm-hmm. I remember seeing that was the first time I'd seen Gene and Paul like live, not live, but on TV, you know, in motion, not just pictures in in, in hit parade or something like that. Yeah. Um, thinking, oh my gosh, like wow, that's that's amazing. But I think the first time they performed on television, actual performance, I think you're right, Julian. I think it was um, MTV 1996, and you know, I was I was a senior in high school. I remember you know, watching that and like being so proud, like that's, 
that's my band up there closing out MTV Video Music Awards, which was like the show, the award show at the time. Yeah, that was still every, really big. Every big band performed on that. Anybody who was anybody performed on that. And Kiss closed it out under the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was mm-hmm. the first time. And then they, like they, were on Dick Clark, they were on Dick Clark 96 and the 97. That's the show Andrew was at. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was a big deal too. I well, remember, no, I wasn't wasn't that fil- wasn't that filmed in Atlanta? The but it was Dick filmed Clark. in Atlanta. It was yeah. filmed in Atlanta, but like they were live from New Jersey, you know, bullshit, whatever. But that's like that, that was maybe the second time I had seen them perform on television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that because was a big deal. Mark's point is great. I mean, if you think of what they did for Psycho Circus, you know, that first yeah. Tiger Stadium show, or even the Weenie Roast should have been a national you know music television event on mtv uh, at the time which was still partially rock um you know that should have been rather than what came later with psycho circus you know matt was mad tv going back then but whatever the case the first few songs from the very first reunion show should have been on a tv thing agreed i do remember now that shout it out loud video came out um, I remember watching that late summer of 96. I'm a, I probably saw that on TV before MTV Video Music Awards in September of 96. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Um, and just being blown away. And I had, I had already seen them in concert, but like watching MTV and like, here's Kiss doing Shout It Out Loud and it's all Detroit footage. Yeah. And I'm like, like I'm like holy shit. You know, I... That 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 was probably the first time I'd seen them perform on television. It's the Shout It Out Loud video, actually. Hmm. We need yeah. Andrew. Yeah. So yeah, or anyone who's watching this, correct us if you recall them being shown on TV properly and not just clips from a news reel. Um, we're talking full-on performance prior to the MTV thing. And I know when they went out to Europe. Well, that's 97. There, there's more. That MTV thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah MTV Europe. So, yeah, th- I, there should have been more TV for the reunion mm-hmm. tour. Um, you know, proper TV. They never did Saturday Night Live, did they? Oh, never. Never. Um, no. no. They, they never bought in the kiss. They, they never did any of the other kind of big shows where, you know, Letterman comes many years later, you know. So it, it's very weird for something that was as big as it was for it not to have that sort of coverage, or at least not that I recall, and it's so long ago now, probably forgetting some really obvious stuff that when someone mentions it, we'll be like, dope. <laughs> so there we go. All right, let's 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 get back into the shows, because this is another kind of good topic, the importance of front row. And this mm. is very topical. <clears throat> front row, when we were growing up, was like holy ground. Because you really had to be a diehard's diehard to get there. Um, either you had to fight your way through GA and kill people um, to get to get to the front, or you had to wait in line and get lucky with a ticket. Now it's more if you can afford it, you can go. Um, for who's been front row at a Kiss show? Oh. I have. So yeah. Yeah. we have and. 
you know, <clears throat> once you go first class, you never go back to my way of thinking. I mean, um, I've been in the really back of a stadium, which I can't think of anything worse. I was so far from the stage at Tiger Stadium that even opera binoculars wouldn't have worked. I needed a fucking telephoto lens worthy of filming a space shuttle launch to see shit. Um, there is nothing like it in the world. What's your thought on that? Lonnie, you, you, you had the first hand raised front row or other, which do you get the best constant experience from? I, I, I've seen them in the first five rows multiple times. But I saw them front row in Milwaukee, 2009. They played Summerfest in Milwaukee, 2009. It was still the Live 35 tour. Sonic Boom had not come out. They did this little mini tour. They played Milwaukee. And then two weeks later, they played Windsor and um, Sarnia in, in Canada. I went to both of those shows also. Ooh, Sarnia. <laughs> yeah, how about that one? They played Sarnia Fest and Windsor back-to-back nights. I went to both of those, and they played Milwaukee two weeks before, and I went to that show, too. But I was first, I was first, and they were still in the Destroyer costume. Sonic Boom was still a few months away from coming out. They played that Alive 35 set of just playing Alive straight through, basically omitting, like, Firehouse and watching you or, or whatever it was, and then coming back out and doing some hits, Shout Out Loud, Love Gun, I Love It Loud, stuff like that. Um... But I, I was so, it was front row, and it wasn't like a big barricade between front row and the stage, too. Like, I was like, could almost reach out and touch them so close. And I remember when the banner came down, and like, you couldn't even read Kiss on the banner. I was so close. I mean, it was like, I looked at the person next to me, and I said, it's like we're almost too close. And she goes... No, there's no such thing as too close. But, I mean, it, it was, like, we were, like, it was ridiculous. Um, and just the, the heat coming off the flames and the fact that, the fact that like, no one is in front of you. Just, you're just looking just dead on at the band. I'm trying to take pictures at the same time, and it's just, like, like, like pictures, the pictures I'm trying to take don't, don't do what I'm witnessing with my own eyes justice because, like, I could reach out and just, touch Eugene's boot if I want to right now. Um, and But I've, but I've seen them also like 10 or 15 rows back, and that's a different experience too, because then you're close, but you can see the whole stage show. Um, and like, and then, like you see in front row, and then you see the same show 10, 15 rows back, you're like, oh, I didn't even know this, this over here was happening during this part of the show, because I, I'm so like, right, so dead on. Yeah. But, but there, there, but there is something magical about being that close to, and I'm in front row for for other bands. Like, you know, like I've like waited in line since like noon for Alice Cooper when he was playing like a, a theater in St. Louis, and and that's amazing in and of itself. But front row to Kiss show, there's the, the spectacle is just so in your face, and there's just there's just absolutely you know nothing like it. But to Julian's point, though, it's a great point that it used to be like you either had to get lucky with a line ticket when they had line tickets back in the day for shows. Or you just had to camp out overnight, and now it's it's not who's the most diehard that sits in the front row, it's whoever has the most disposable income sits in the front row, and to me that kind of takes the mystique and the and the the fantasy the fantasy away from it. Yeah, you know, I, I think that you bring bring up a good point because 
in in the history of my concert going, and I've seen quite a few concerts in my time, um, I never openly try to get front row tickets uh, for one reason, because I saw a couple bands like front row, like front row, okay, and I hated it because sonically, audio-wise, depending on where you're standing. You could be all night getting an earful of like, whoa, Marshall amps going like 100 watts into your face there. Or if you're over in a certain other section, of it, it's all bass guitar. Or it, nowadays with the in-ear monitors, there's nothing half the time coming off the stage, just drums. So I always went for the 200 level seats but exactly in front of the stage. Because there was one thing that I always was told by the sound guys, because I used to knew a lot of sound guys who toured, and they said, if you want to hear the best sound at a concert, sit beside the board. Because we're mixing, and we're mixing it for what we think sounds the best. So if you want to hear the best trajectory or the best sound of the concert, sit where we sit. Because, we're, every, because if you move a few inches here or a few feet there, Things change like you would not believe audio-wise, you know, especially in an enclosed place too. Man, it's they're they're mixing the sound guys mixing for it to sound good for where he is. That's I don't know if people realize that, you know, they ain't thinking about Mr. Guy in the front row or the guy on the left side of the building. They're thinking about the sound good where I'm standing, you know, and that's that's it. They're in charge of the sound, right? And I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this too, but have you ever watched the show from side stage? Like the sound from that is like, wow, what am I listening to here? You know, it's almost unlistenable sometimes. You know, it's like I would rather be back in the back of the building watching because the you know people forget about the throw of the sound, right? And there's a great documentary on a, an Iron Maiden concert. I think it's uh, Vivo La something. It's something from some show from Chile in the 2000s. And they were showing the audio setup for their tours that they did in the stadiums and that how they had to do certain sections of separate speakers so that there wasn't a huge time delay between this audio. Because it's happened before I've seen this where a drummer will hit a snare hit and you'll see him go, and then you'll hear the snare hit like about three seconds later because it's such a distance between the, the travel of the sound, right? That's why Iron Maiden started carrying such a huge system so that they can bring the sound closer to the people far away from the stage, right? So for me, I always never wanted front row because I thought the audio was terrible in the front. I always wanted to go where the sound was good and I always got tickets either beside the soundboard or like as a 200 level stage height even if it was 10 you know, miles away, I'd rather have that because at least then, because Rush also toured and did like 360 audio. So we would go around the whole building. So you would catch that also nicely as well, right? If you were in the back, right? You would miss half of it if you were in the side of this arena, right? So, but that's that's how I kind of approached it. Well, when Live Nation raises its prices on all tickets clustered around the board, you can thank Mark for creating <laughs> yeah. a new premium seating plan. Um, you know, so now Thanks you can Mark. have your soundboard experience. Thank you, Mark, for your contribution <laughs> to taking music to the next level. <laughs> and uh, Mark, Mark wants his cut, by the way, of that uh, new pricing model for those seats. Um, you know what? 
front row farewell tour absolutely unfucking believable experience prior to that all of my seats had basically been uh contests or comps so they were pretty shitty seats uh, you know like david lee roth shows and and all that so i didn't know any better um again tiger uh, not tiger dodger stadium was a, was a shit show in terms of where my seats were but i was barely sitting anyway i was just ended up ambling along um trying to get a, a better view um vancouver what was i eighth throw or something and missed a lot of detail you know it's only afterwards that i found out about the rockets because we were so close up didn't we heard the whistle uh, i think i did anyway um but <laughs> didn't see a lot of those elements up above um did finally did front row again with ken um and that was freaking awesome i'm sorry mm-hmm. that that was you know i i've always had the urge to get closer and closer and closer because this is kiss and you almost i almost feel like i have to be close to them because they're larger than life uh, you know rock gods um so nothing has ever been as good as front row for me at a kiss show Iron Maiden, Ghost, I go sit wherever because I'm just going to go listen to the music, Guns N' Roses. I, would, I think my tickets were just, you know, nosebleeds. Didn't give a shit, just wanted to be there. Uh, didn't want to spend a ton either. Um, so very few sonic considerations. I mean, tonic, Todd Rundgren watched most of the show, the Utopia show, from the board. And, well, it's Todd. He sounded fucking good anyway. So um, that, that's how it's going to be. Ken, front row. I mean, you, you, you've had front row, and then you've had front row plus at the Mountain View show, right? Yeah, the, the Mountain View was even closer than that Oakland one. Um, that was pretty darn amazing. Um, though there is advantages to that. You know, it's, you're just right there with them, with the band, and... And like Lonnie said, you feel the heat and all this. I mean, it's just crazy. And you're the fog. You're like in the middle of the fog. You can't even see through it and all that kind of stuff. That that happens when you're that close. Um, but you miss some of the the full stage stuff. Um, so you know, when 2019 Sacramento, um, I was up back and off to the side a bit, um, and. And what was cool is I could see the whole thing. I mean, that was early in the tour, and they had all the pods, you know. The and, and they had that uh, uh, that little ra- that ra- you know, was it that walkway uh, mm. stage with the star uh, that they stopped doing uh, not too long after that because it was kind of wobbly when Paul, you know, did his flight out to it or whatever. Um, yeah. But, you know, you got to see all that. and But, yeah, you got to see all the fire, all the effects, everything going on when you're a little bit back. Um, yeah, the sound does, I know, like Mark said, you know, the sound's different based on where you're going. But I think they, they you know, they nailed it. Today they can do all kinds of stuff with their technology and stuff um, as far as sound and projecting and with the speakers and stuff like that. But, yeah, I think being front is, is, is just, if you're into the band <laughs> that you're seeing, that's just it's just awesome you're you're just right there and i've seen it you know a couple times front row with kiss and i think one of the creatures one i was like third row one of the creature shows i mean that was that was people who brag 
Yeah, especially yeah. about the creatures tour. <laughs> then, it's been a while. And then, but, but then, you know, I was thinking, you know, then there's the stone um, in the club. Um, mm. You know, I wasn't right up against the stage. I was right next to the speaker. I was getting my ear Yeah, but he, he was close in that one too, Lottie. But yeah, he yeah, was close in the little show. I saw the stone, you know. Yeah, I, I couldn't touch the stage. I could only touch the speaker. Yeah, but yeah, it's great. I mean, it's but it's good to have it from all different points. I did notice though, my ears weren't as blown out at the Mountain View because I think being so close. The projection of the speaker is is up and behind is kind of back behind you, yeah. um, and I was like, oh, you know what? I don't have a ringing in my ear like I normally do at some of the some of those concerts. And if I if I was maybe ten twenty rows back, I would have definitely would have had my you know that cotton air ear, ear, in your ear feel uh, yeah. that you get after after. No, uh, it's, a it's the audio smoothing feature that they now have. That's what tell it us is. more about so all the Kiss shows you've been to. So <laughs> tell, tell us more, Ken, about creatures. Yeah, yeah, I know three creatures. So we have to go back to that again. But uh, no, so yeah, I mean, but being front row is still uh, the ultimate. Yeah, there's people there at in the front row that yeah they can afford it, and they're not the a huge Kiss fan just because they can you know afford it. Um, but there's some of us. There's a number of Kiss fans definitely there. Obviously, um, I mean, just if you just talk, I mean, Julian and I, you know, when we went to Oakland, we're, we're huge Kiss fans, and we're we're up there on the front row. But I'm sure there were some people on the front row that like were. Everyone around us was huge Kiss fans. Thank goodness, because that just set the vibe. There, we were surrounded by animals going nuts, enjoying the show in a they good, were. positive it, it, way. Not people going to the bar it, every five minutes or doing selfies or stupid shit. They were just into the music, singing yeah. along, just you know, being an animal at the party like you're supposed to be. I think yeah. the. At the end of the day, it's just good to be at the show and hopefully to not have some six foot seven monstrosity, either tall or wide, in front of you, blocking your view or a kid Why do you standing. Guys are six feet tall? Oh. <laughs> just the one. Well, I'm five eight. So, no, five seven. God. Um, you know, so it, it can become a challenge. I, you know, what was I, like eighth row in L.A., and there was a fucking kid standing on the seat in front of me the whole time, ah, which made him like nine foot right? tall. Oh, God. <laughs> so sometimes you're not going to win. But there we go. That's a whole bunch of random topics for one show. You know, it's best just to be at the show and not worry about the seat. But if you can go front row in your life experience at a show that you like, it's certainly worth experiencing once. And then you can decide whether you're where you're best off and most comfortable. For the Wasp shows, I got seats. I'm not going down on the floor with those animals. Screw that. I'm too old old for that shit. All right, that's it for this week. Thank you all for joining us and watching the show and supporting us week in and week out. We do appreciate it. So for now, for Lonnie, Mark, Ken, and myself, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.